1: up grinders nfl pick six show conference championship week uh sponsored by thrive we'll tell you about them uh, we'll talk about them later on in the show very last time for the season we did it we made it rich rebar sharp football analysis john Diggle, four for four bet spurts rich we did it we're here uh we're talking we we talked about going all the way as far I, we didn't talk about this pre show i assume we're not doing just like the showdown slate conversation maybe we are i'm not sure but either way
2: um I'm excited. How about you? How are you feeling? Doing good. Yeah. Listen, we we've down to three football games left. Two this weekend. Uh, we get a week off next week, and we're gonna all see each other in person in two weeks. I'm looking forward to it. All yeah,
1: it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be good times for sure. Uh, John, uh, I I presume you'll be uh, partaking and uh, hanging out in the, in the Super Bowl in, uh, in Nashville with the Rotor Grinders people.
3: Of course. To those kind of events, I usually get there a night early too. So I may shuffle around. I may holler at Dan, see what he's up to. Uh yeah, but I'll absolutely be there all weekend long with everyone.
1: I'm sneaking in a day or two early too, I believe. That's my plan. Oh yeah. I'd holler at you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe uh I, I lived in Nashville for a couple of years. I didn't get to fully take part in the Nashville experience and you know, the the live music is just awesome, just jumping from club to club and no cover. I know it's a little bit crowded there sometimes too, but uh do enjoy Broadway, so uh, I miss it. I miss it. I want to partake. I don't know if that's, a, if that's your jam. Who doesn't like music? You, I assume you like music, yes?
3: I don't do shoulder-to-shoulder, shoulder, but walking around <laughs> with open windows in an acoustic scene, sure, because that's all Broadway is, for the most part, unless you get jammed into one of those spots that are far too busy and you're not going to catch me dead in anyways
1: yeah i don't think i want to do that either rich how about yourself you're pro-
2: oh, you have the bold stance the hot take are you pro music or are you anti-music <laughs> i i know i am pro music and pro live music as well <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll have to meet up hang
1: out uh you know looking forward to it looking forward to the super bowl it should be a fun super bowl uh we're gonna be talking the two games uh you know still big contests out there dk's got a million dollar contest if that's your uh if that's for you, I tend to not play in the Millionaire Maker because I don't like top-heavy, con- uh, you know, contests. But, you know, if that's for you, by all means, have at it. Be as ambitious as you want to be because, you know, if you're going to bink it, what is it? How many – I don't know. How many people are actually uh, – how many entries? I wonder if we're going to get a solo winner because you got to get Goofy. And that's what we're here for, right? We're going to be talking about all the plays. I'm curious how Goofy we're going to get. But, um, yeah, uh, two-gamer, Rich, uh I guess, well, clearly, we're starting with the very first game, which is San Francisco, Philadelphia. Some injuries that are lurking, uh, most specifically the Mahomes one. We'll talk about that one later. Cincinnati, KC. Uh, Anything that's worth noting as far as last week? Any takeaways? Or just want to kind of like it'll come through organically during the analysis here for the Sunday games? Something we should mention as far as uh, retroactive. uh, Do we want to get our one more shot in at Zeke Elliott? Or is it that's been expired? (laughs) We hit the over? I mean, listen, that
2: play is not Zeke's fault, man. Like, (laughs) Stop. And, yeah. it was, you know, I think we did get to see, I think, what were the four best teams relatively all season, though, end up making it to this weekend. And we don't always get that. So while the games were a little bit probably better and hotter wild card weekend than they were this past weekend, I think the four teams we have left are the teams that, you know, objectively we would say, like, these have been the four best teams all year. From a watchability perspective,
1: we went 0 for 4
2: last week. All four games stunk, like 0 for 4. You don't see that very often, right? I mean, also, I, mean I, I don't think they stopped. weren't cl- like they weren't relatively close, and the one close game we got was pretty sloppy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if you sim it a thousand times, I feel like that's like the bottom four percentile outcome from a watchability perspective. I, I don't know, John, jump in here. Anything last week that's worth noting, or shall we just kind of power through and talk about two games that we're staring at this Sunday?
3: Not really. I think we're looking at a similar slate and that we can eliminate some running backs here as we move along. And last week, if you pretty much just eliminated Barkley from your pool, McCaffrey scored a touchdown, but otherwise even he really didn't get there. Uh, we're kind of looking at the same situation here as well. Also for the Cowboys, I just don't know why a Hail Mary isn't in their bag. Like, Why did they spend any amount of reps practicing these plays the last two years as opposed to just throwing a Hail Mary? What's wrong with a good old 50-50 catch downfield? Who who's throwing that thing 75 yards yeah yeah they're
1: gonna throw a Hail Mary then a 20
3: Who who's who's not evaporating kevante turpin at 5-3 whenever he's trying to get open on the flat route 75 yards out
2: hey listen they they they, they were drawn largely into the zero 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 you know one percent <laughs> chance of trying to pull something some magic out of it they tried to put an extra skill player on the field didn't work Dal- dalton schultz forgot that how to play football them. for a drive yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sabotaged the like he sabotaged them out of probably thirty yards and your hail mary shot.
1: Very clearly, team. nobody in Dallas uh, is aware of the annexation of Puerto Rico. Play? No, the they Cure, didn't, and, uh, No, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's watched Little Giants in that Dallas coaching room. Apparently, uh, Ed O'Neill though is not coaching on the other side, so he would not fall for any sort of nonsense or tomfoolery. Okay, very first game, and I think of Vegas is, is. It's just interesting. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have been following the lines. San Fran, Philadelphia, 46 and a half is the total in that game. Uh, the Eagles at one point, I think were minus one, which I thought was peculiar. You guys tell me. Uh, now it's settled. And it looks like they're minus two and a half versus San Fran. I, I thought the Eagles never should have been minus one. Um, you know, home field theoretically is worth three points. And I think at worst, they're even to San Fran. <laughs> Again, I'm just the guy watching the games on my couch and you're better at X's and O's than me, both you guys. What do you think of that line, Rich? I, I, I thought that was a little odd that, that the Eagles were ever as low as just a one-point favorite.
2: I haven't seen it. It opened at two and a half. That's kind of where it is everywhere right now. So I don't know, uh, you know where that was. The Bengals line has had a lot of oscillation based on news and people you know, getting ahead of uh, the curve. We had someone hammer the Chiefs yesterday, and it turns out they had information that Mahomes is going to practice today. So they tried, jumped ahead because it swung back a little bit. Uh, but I haven't seen the 49ers line really move at all. But when it first broke, like I was just kind of watching one of the sites, unless I'm just
1: making this up, I was talking about it to a friend of mine who is in a legalized betting state, and I think it was down to one or one and a half, and it quickly changed. But, yeah. What do you think where, where the line is right now? You think, I guess assume you think that's basically correct because, you know, at this point it's going to settle, and that, that's what it should be, right? Two and a half Philadelphia. That makes that makes sense, I think.
2: Yeah, I think it's a, probably a, a full point too late. I think it should be like – it should be three and a half, or you just do the three. But uh, both of these games – are going to be tight. This one's probably going to be the lower scoring. Obviously, it's implied that it's me low scoring, but both of these teams have faced a very small sample of good defenses. And when they have faced good defenses, their offensive numbers have pretty much dropped, not completely to like bottom of the league stuff, but very much off of their pace other teams in the league we saw the 49ers face like their first legitimate test with brock purdy last week and they only averaged 4.9 yards per play uh by far their fewest in a game purdy started it was the lowest of all teams that won last weekend they had the lowest third down conversion rate of any team that won last week and the lowest red zone conversion rate um so i i expect that the 49ers will be in a similar slug fest like they were with dallas a week ago and potentially even a better defense uh the eagles have than the cowboys
1: yeah, yeah. I, and I, I agree with you. I, th- I think Philadelphia is the bet here, but not the word. This is a bet show, obviously. But, you know, I do like
2: the Philadelphia side, even laying the two and a half. And the Eagles have one. literally been the best football team wire to wire of the 2022-2023 NFL season. And it feels like they were so good for so long that, like, they got boring to everybody. <laughs> well, there was a point where we thought, like, there's a
1: chance they might run the table. Weren't they, like, 12-0 or 13-0 and at one point? I think that's how they started the season. They, they won the first they ran out the first like maybe eleven or twelve, I can't remember who the first team that was that got them.
2: But commander uh, they lost the commanders the first time, oof. In Washington, no, I know right. It was in Philly. No, oh. it was
3: that it was that game where they ran what like thirteen plays through three quarters because the commanders just hammered Brian Robinson into the ground into dust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they ran 100
2: they ran uh the time possession was crazy that game that was the goddard injury fumble play as yeah. well that was a huge swinging point of that game um but they got got listen sometimes you lose you know you look at every all these teams like you look at down the nfl resume this year because i've had some pushback and say well you know we can't take the eagles serious they haven't played anybody nobody's played anybody this year there was literally there was five good teams in the nfl this year like nobody yeah. nobody played a hard schedule in the nfl this year just yeah. look
3: at the quarterbacks the Bengals face this year. And, uh, and yet here they are. You could argue like they're the best team right now, the hottest team right now, at least.
1: Does that matter? Like momentum, is that real or is that fabricated? Like you say oh they're, they're hot and like, and they had they have the experience from last year. Like yeah, people will tell stories. And- I
2: mean, confidence is definitely real. I mean, it's it's immeasurable, but just walk any walk of life. Like if you, if anyone's played any type of sport on even an amateur level, uh, you know, even hell, man, like
3: cards or that, confidence is real. We, we also have, I didn't realize last week, I probably would have bet it differently, but we also have the Bengals versus the NFL since they are very clearly aware that, or they think the NFL screwed them over with the home field advantage. We have the Joe Mixon coin toss touchdown celebration a couple of weeks ago. We have Joe Burrow before he's even asked show up to the podium. And his first sentence is, go get your refunds for the neutral site good. game. Uh, yeah, it, Zach Taylor's clearly molded a motivational scheme for the Bengals as well.
1: That uh, that Bengals offensive line also heard people talking about how they like they were like children, like trying to be me. grown men. <laughs>
2: we talked about it last week. I mean, the, the structure of the Bengals offense was gonna make it still like they were going to be able to avoid that what was surprising was how effectively they ran the ball in that game which you know we'll talk about that when we get to there but we we talk about the Bengals like they like they weren't just going to give up a bunch of sacks because burrow was getting rid of the football way too damn fast and that wasn't gonna that was just it's like the same thing with brady right like brady the bucks had a terrible offensive line well you
3: still ain't gonna sack him
4: (laughs)
2: he's not gonna let you hit him brady yeah He's
3: and when on he, when he did hold on to the ball he was still awesome. Like there was yeah. no weather excuses for the Bengals whereas that's what the Bills had.
1: Does the snow or do you think the snow helped uh, the line just a tick? Um You could have. Yeah. Yeah. It could
3: it could have negated the pass rush and helped out yeah, the O-line a little bit there.
1: All right, let's jump back to San Fran Philadelphia again. 46 and a half as far as the total. Philadelphia a slight favorite. John, I'll let you open this up. Um, And by all means, I didn't ask you if you have any thoughts as far as the line, feel free to fire them out there. There's certainly a Venn diagram of people that are listening that are playing DFS and also sports wagering plenty of states out there with it regulated at this point. But uh, yeah, Eagles, Sam Fran, dealer's choice. Where do you want to start?
3: We'll start with the Eagles because to Rich's point, like for books to get action, I think you have to keep it around the three. If you put it on the three, that's just fair and everyone knows it. But for the Eagles to be favored by less than three at two and a half right now, if the Eagles were to jump over that and be favored by three in the hook, uh, that would clearly get the most action. So I believe we're just going to settle here at two and a half unless some very big bets come and move it to three and a half. And honestly, the narrative – these past few games have been Jalen Hurts not throwing deep, being inaccurate throwing deep, but his three quickest times we know from snap to throw this year occurred in all three games against the Giants. I'm assuming that was just to make life easier and get rid of the ball quickly, knowing Wink Martindale was going to send the house at him at will every single snap. But I also consider that good preparation for this game uh, just because I comp it personally to San Francisco's pass rush to Dallas's pass rush. And as we saw against Dallas, all the Eagles did, well, they did a couple things, but really what they did was get rid of the ball quickly as well. Uh, A.J. Brown had a 32% target share in that game, but also had the lowest depth of target in any game all year, 4.8 yards downfield. As they, if you remember, just faked off handoffs with Miles Sanders to... Micah Parsons side every single time. And then if Parsons went with Sanders in a flat route, then Hurts would run it upfield. If not, then they would either throw to AJ Brown or dump it off to Sanders, depending what Micah Parsons did. Um, And that's how I consider this pass rush for San Francisco. Also though, if we think they're just going to leave the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands, knowing they can't run at all, and I'm personally just eliminating Eagles running backs from my pool this week and making it that much easier, I think, for myself, but if we also are just going to assume Jalen Hurts has the ball in his hands, we also have this unknown ceiling for his rushing floor, and that's what gets me excited about playing Jalen Hurts this week because – This D'Amico Ryan's defense hasn't really faced a mobile quarterback all year. Like, Mariota had them for six carries, 50 yards, so high yards per carry. They played Justin Fields in that torrential downpour um, in week one. But also, remember, last year at least, D'Amico Ryan's defense did allow over 100 yards to Justin Fields. They played Jalen Hurts, and he ran for – 10 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. So I think there isn't an, an ambiguous upside here that people may not be chasing. They're probably going Mahomes or Burrow instead. That gets me really excited to start my lineups with Hurts.
1: Hey John, when you say you're eliminating Eagles running backs, how many mm-hmm. lineups are you making? Because like, if you're making a, you know, three lineups short, sure. If you're making 150, that is some boldness. Like I don't, I don't think you're a 150 guy,
3: right? I no no no, I'm a three max guy. Uh, okay, but well well I have like I don't know Kenneth Gainwell for the receiving upside, maybe in one of three. I, I talk in single entries because that's what I play the most of, like the double so spies sure. and whatnot. Yeah, so I should probably actually expand that. But let's just say I would be underweight, very underweight Eagles running backs if I was a max 150 guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, if you're running 150, like you talk about the Barkley last week, I actually played a bunch of lineups, and I did, I might have like maybe five or ten percent Barkley, and you'd think that I had a big edge in the field, but I also had like five or ten percent Mixon, so, you know, good job. I uh, had,
3: I, I, picked the Eagles running back wrong. I did go Sanders. It was clearly Gainwell, um, as we saw in the four man. We'll get to later. I thought Boston Scott was the way to get an not an advantage, but to save salary in particular on Fanduel, but we'll talk about all that later.
1: Isn't there that nonsense that like will scored against the Giants like nine games in a row or something silly like that? It's um, it's, it's, he's
3: the only one that continued the trend. Everyone else got <laughs> away with it. Boston Scott kept it going.
1: He can't keep getting away with it. He did. Uh, McKinnon didn't. We'll talk about him soon enough. Uh, Ritz, jump in here. Thoughts as far as the Eagles?
2: Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Eagles. They've been a team that's uh, you know been game game plan sensitive to the opponent, basically. Uh, the entire season and you look at uh, the 49ers i mean teams really have they're an inherent pass funnel for two reasons one they've led a lot of games and then two they're really awesome against the run and you know opponents have thrown the ball 62 percent of the time on them 74 percent of the yardage the 49ers allow is passing yardage that's the second highest rate in the league only the titans uh you know are more and when you look at the eagles they have played six games this season against teams that are top 10 in the nfl and success rate against the run in those games, they've thrown the ball 59% of the time, 69% of the time in the first half of those games against everybody else. Those rates are 54% and 60% uh, for full game and in the in the first half. Uh, this this is very similar to like when they played like the Titans or the Commanders, where they came out and threw the ball on 77% of the first half snaps in those games. The only difference is the 49ers are a lot better against the pass, even though it's where they're a little bit weaker than those teams that the Eagles have faced so far to this point in the season. Um, So I look at it as the Eagles are probably going to be aggressive. They're not going to be able to establish like a a traditional, you know, run game with, you know, downhill run game. Like they were able to attack the Giants linebackers last week, last week. Right. Uh, you know, you can put an extra body on Dexter Lawrence, force guys like Gerard Davis and, and you know, goes to Jalen Smith to make plays. And that's where they really beat them up. The 49ers, they're a completely inverse team, right? Like the, their linebackers are really good. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to have a hard time just traditionally running the football year. It's going to be have to use, you know, Jalen Hurts' legs. Uh, and it's going to have to be a big A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith game. And the Eagles already throw the ball. of the time to their wide receivers, the highest rate in the league, 69.6% of the time. And that's the one area where the 49ers are vulnerable. They have another big game to Ceedee lamb last week. Uh, they have been exposed by wide receiver ones kind of throughout the course of the season. They're 24th in the NFL in points allowed to those guys. The Eagles may not have a true wide receiver one. It may be like a one a one B situation. And we can even debate who that is right now at this point, but 58% of the fantasy points, the 49ers allow go to wide receivers. That's the highest rate in the NFL. It's going to have to be a big AJ Brown, Devonte Smith kind of showing out here.
1: Well, you know, the follow-up is, which one? Which one do you prefer? Uh, looking at the X's and O's. Anecdotally, by the way, if you watch A.J. Brown, it feels like, remember like old school, like when Julio Jones mattered? Like every time he gets up, it feels like he's either he's getting hurt or he's hurting. And like, how, this guy's not going to make it through this game. That just feels like watching A.J. Brown, like last game. Uh, every time, he just he's on the ground. It's like he struggles to get back up. He almost always will. But I, I always get nervous when I roster him. But of course, you know, he has yeah. those incredible ceiling games as well. Uh, Brown and Smith pretty close actually closer than probably you would guess you start looking at the numbers but uh, they're also really really similar as far as asking price now 7k for Brown 68 for Smith basically a coin toss on DK. Do you have a lean rich as far as uh, you know forgetting my ownership we don't know what that's going to be at this point anyway. Brown versus Smith who's got the better ceiling option.
2: For, for ceiling, I would still say it's Brown. And it'd be interesting because we were on Devontae Smith as the pivot last week where Brown is going to check in and be more popular. Um, and it turns out he was the, you know, he's out targeted A.J. Brown in seven of the past 10 games. Uh, just the, the 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 men's ceiling is not quite as high where Brown's is, but I think it's going to flip. I think we're going to see Devontae Smith end up more popular than A.J. Brown this week. So we'll see and monitor that. Obviously, I'll go with the lesser owned guy. Uh, I think it's a great bounce back spot for A.J. Brown. As well, we talked about the four ers versus wide receiver ones. They're, you know, bad against perimeter wide receivers. That's where Devontae Smith plays too. It's, it's kind of a dealer's choice here. I do kind of slightly prefer Brown, but only because I think right now in my head, I think he'll be lower rostered. But uh, we'll see how that comes to be to the end of the week.
3: We may get a little injury discount as well, which in a short slate, yeah. obviously more than willing to take a chance on a player with his ceiling. Am I, am I wrong
1: for saying that, John? As far as AJ Brown, he just feels like a guy that like always. Well, he
2: was banged up last week. I mean, he played his the fewest snaps he's played in a game. Uh, they talked about he had some kind of hip or hamstring. They were kind of like they didn't really disclose what it was, uh, but he he played just eleven snaps in the second half of that game, and only he ran five pass routes in the second half of that game. He was clearly dealing with something.
1: Rich, one in one hundred fifty. Do you include a uh, uh, quiz
2: Watkins? You got to. He's got to at least be. Oh yeah, in, he's got to be in the, the you know the mix. Yeah, Zach uh, exactly. Pascal, he, he ran more pass routes than Watkins. He's a little bit better of a blocker, so they had they him in, obviously, at the run-heavy script, especially in the second half of that game, where they were just – it was the token Eagles game, right, that we saw all year. They get out to a huge lead, and it, the, the Eagles offense has to do absolutely Still. nothing in the second half. They threw seven passes in the second half. Uh, that won't happen this week. I think this game would be a lot tighter. Um, but, yeah, I think you got to include Quez Watkins because – he plays a little bit in the slot, and where the 49ers have been vulnerable around these downfield throws, right? Like these, these the deep throws, 20 yards or further downfield. Quetz uh, where Quez Watkins has the highest rate of his targets come from on the Eagles roster. Uh, 49ers are 23rd in completion rate. They've allowed six touchdowns to wide receivers on those throws. That's 27th in the NFL. He would be kind of the one-off dart, I think, to, to throw here with the Eagles pass catchers.
3: Especially because Dallas Goddard were expecting to come in Quite high roster given his cheap salary, and honestly, a, a tight end slate. Where yet again, you're really just asking if you can fade Travis Kelsey or not, and get away with anyone else. We could well, not last uh, Yeah, we have <laughs> we <see>. could not. <laughs> yeah, it's he almost. Had I played all- a lot he- of Goddard. It still wasn't enough.
1: <laughs> Even Hurst, like Hurst was good, but not. You could run two tight ends. I don't know if one tight ends wanted. Yeah, eight, it's only could have.
3: Yeah, Hur- Fan- Fanduel was great. obviously at that 8K salary for Kelsey was a lot tougher. And uh, I tried to make it work, but was severely underweight on him, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I will get to him. I think a producer, Steve, was the only one in the four-man to have Kelsey. He had him at Mahomes, and he still won. I I think he beat me by, like, a point. Um, And I think I I can't remember who I had. It doesn't matter. But uh, It's because, like, the
3: first first three games, you know, Joe Burrow was in winning tournament lineups, but – even then, you had to be feeling, or I felt really good having, you know, 49ers Cowboys stacks going into that last game because really outside of Kelsey, no one hit. Like, you were comfortable with having anyone in that game. And then, of course, 49ers Cowboys flopped altogether.
1: Yeah. Uh, it is wild. The early optimals. And again, grain of salt, right? But it's, we have on DK, I ran a 150, 69% Goddard, 5% Kelsey, 1% Kittle. Just outrageous. Like, it's not going to settle like that, obviously. No. But it just, it it tells you, if nothing else, tells you the cap is tight. Uh, And on Fandle, Mm -hmm. uh, 75% Goddard, 28% Hurst, 4% Noah Gray, 1% Kelsey, 1%.
2: And 1%. I mean, Fandle's been on his salary for a long time. Like, they they have made it hard to play Kelsey over there.
3: Yeah. And I've I've admittedly been one of those plebes to toy around with Noah Gray this week. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah, I played him a little bit
1: last week and I think he had at least like a 30 yard catch. I don't know if he did anything else, but like he's I bet his
3: overs and he got there on
2: one catch. Felt lucky. I felt lucky Uh, enough just to catch those. Yeah. It was the it was the Chad Henney
3: drive too, right?
2: Uh yeah, yeah, it was. No, he caught it in the second half. I think he had his okay.
3: Yeah, it was that one twenty-seven yard catch.
2: Yep. Yeah, we got there on one play. That's all you need when you when you bet the. Yeah, Oprah. Wilson. When you're when you're receiving line is fifteen and a half yards.
3: Well, don't look down, Rich. But it's twelve and a half this week. Just let me. Oh, baby, know.
2: fire it
1: up. <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks to my T.Y. Hilton. The we go Wait. back. Oh, Jesus! I don't want to talk about uh, it. Y.,
3: yeah T.Y. Hilton nearly got there. He did outscore Michael Gallup. That's the best part. <laughs> we, we did call that part. He outscored Michael yes. Gallup.
1: Um. Anything else? I mean, yeah, and Goddard's great. It just, I think it's an interesting uh, ownership conversation because, again, what we're seeing, he's almost definitely the most popular tight end just kind of the way lineup construction works. 4-1 on DK is a really – I mean, that's, that's a really good price. Um, yeah, and Kelsey's 7-8. And we'll get to Kelsey. But Kelsey was on track last week to have the most catches all time in a playoff game. I think he had 10 in the first – 15, I think, is number one. I tweeted it out. I think it was a couple of running backs, Darren Sproles
2: somebody else uh, uh is it
1: 15 catches in both a those teams
2: team? the the jaguars and the 49ers were just like willing to let both of those guys cd lamb and travis kelsey just catch pass after pass and it was like all right we know exactly what's coming here are we not gonna like put bracket him do anything here um <laughs> yeah i mean you might want to cover that guy <laughs> he's pretty good i mean yeah i mean travis kelsey he has 17 targets in that game outrageous
3: he had 14 um, catches. The rest of the Chiefs had 13 catches. Uh, the Jaguars, remember, they drafted Devin Lloyd like for that reason, like pretty much just to stop Travis Kelsey, and um, they benched him mid-year. They can't, they can't even get him on the field. Interesting.
1: Um, we uh, we got to talk about the Niners. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy, tough environment. This is probably the toughest environment he's ever going to be in, or the, in his short career, uh, in Philadelphia for the championship game here. Um, should note, I guess, and, and who knows, but the, the CMC thing last week with the, what was it, his leg or his hamstring? And they're, you know, again, they, they didn't like just hammer him. They were playing Mitchell a good bit down the stretch. uh You know, it's Wednesday. We'll see. Stay tuned. I guess we'll have the conversation, Rich, assuming that CMC is a full go. But talk to me about the Niners and whatever your level of concern on a Wednesday about CMC. I think it was his hamstring,
2: right? Uh, He has a calf injury and that's, you know, something we've seen, you know, with Elijah Mitchell active, he's the, the body blows guy, right? Like when they need to put this thing away. uh, It's always been Elijah Mitchell. He, you know, he's McCaffrey's now played six games with Elijah Mitchell and he's run for more than 45 yards in one of them. And in that one game, he had a 68 yard run on its, on its own. So he kind of got there on, on one kind of carry in that game. But we've seen, you know, it has all been Elijah Mitchell in the same th- in the, to end games. Because you see Elijah Mitchell, 11 of his 14 carries came in the fourth quarter again last week. Uh, in the six games he's played to Christian McCaffrey, he has just 17 of his 62 carries in the first half of those games. It's going to be, you know, CMC early, and if the game's tight, we might never even see Mitchell or if this injury. Because remember, Mitchell has a groin injury, too, you know. He's another one of those guys, that like you talk about Julio, and he's always perpetually dealing with some kind of soft tissue injury. But it's also another runback spot for, like, McCaffrey to be in another bad environment running the football. Uh, you look at since yeah. week 11, when the Eagles acquired Linval, Joseph, and Damakensu, that that aged beef, we called it uh the eagles have a 66 percent success rate against running back carries that's eighth in the nfl they have a lot of first down or touchdown and 16 percent of all running back carries that's the lowest rate in the nfl over that span uh and then prior to that it was at you know 56 percent you know success rate that was 28th in the nfl a first down or touchdown 26 percent of all carries that was 29th in the nfl without any of linval joseph The Rookie Jordan Davis or Namakinsu on the field, they've allowed 5.5 yards per carry to running back, 60% success rate. With any of the three, just one of the three, it's 3.93 yards per carry, 66% success rate. They've been really good against the run. They've given up a lot of rushing production. They face a slew of mobile quarterbacks that have boosted up the rushing yards they've given up in totality. But they've been really excellent against running backs. It's going to have to be a game where CMCI, I think, is involved in the past game a lot like how he was last week have the yards last week, but six of eight targets led the team in targets. That's probably what we see in a similar runoff because the heat's coming again. Uh, you know, we saw Brock Purdy last week face the team as number one in pressure rate, but Dallas, although they create a lot of pressures are really bad at converting their pressures into sacks. They're first in the NFL in pressure rate, 15th in sack rate on pressures. Guess who is number two in pressure rate, the Eagles, and guess who's number one in the NFL in converting pressures into sacks, the Eagles. So, this is going to be another game where Purdy is going to be, have just a lot of heat on him again. And that's kind of been his one bugaboo so far as a starter. It's every one starter. He's a rookie quarterback. You, you, you expect you know, pressure bothers the best of quarterbacks. Uh, but that's kind of been his, his splits. When he's kept clean, he's awesome. When he's kept clean against the Cowboys – he was incredible. He's 15 to 17 passing in that game. Uh, but, you know, when the Cowboys were able to get pressure on him, you know, three yards for pass attempt, that's kind of where we, the world we live in again this week with the 49ers. It's going to be another game where Purdy might be fine and not turn the ball over, but it's it's, it's probably a low
3: ceiling for a lot of these 49ers players again. Eagles also averaged the most sacks per game, 3.1, and a double-digit sack rate when they sent four pass rushers or less this year, and that's what Dallas did. They pressured Purdy, as you mentioned, on 50% of his dropbacks, the highest rate of the divisional round, and sending four rushers on all but only seven snaps, defensive snaps in that game. That's all they blitzed at all. So it is a similar situation, and if we're looking at that and Purdy being under pressure, uh, in my opinion, it takes away from Purdy's ceiling. The good thing is we at least know that this target tree is pretty whittled down. Like George Kittle, yes, can, as he's shown us, can definitely get there solely on touchdowns from Purdy. But with Debo Samuel back in the mix now, even if you just look at only the playoffs, Samuel has 16 targets, leads the team in that span. Christian McCaffrey's next up with 10. And if we are... Yes, I'm not playing. I'm not wanting to play McCaffrey for his rushing production. But honestly, like looking at the big picture landscape of the slate, I look at everyone and ask, like, what running back produces this weekend? So it's almost like Mm -hmm. I want to find a way to pay up for McCaffrey's receptions, not even giving a damn like what he does on the ground.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting where it feels like, uh, you know, and that's why you were talking about before about Miles Sanders crossing him out. It's like okay, cross out Miles Sanders. CMC, you gotta he doesn't catch
2: court. passes anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look know, at CMC's games last week from a DraftKings side. I mean, he, he, you know, the yardage wasn't there, efficiency was there, but he caught six passes mm-hmm. and scored a touchdown. So, I mean, you're getting you're getting those full PPR points, and the, and he's got that touchdown equity always.
3: And five, yeah, five points for catches may be good on this running back slate. Honestly, <laughs> it's like last week, you know, Samaj P Ryan we talked about on DraftKings, and he got eleven points, which considering the rest of the running backs, like that was the RBT you needed to win tournaments. But like I, like we talked about earlier, I played Boston Scott on Fanduel because it's a different conversation. We're trying to chase touchdowns there, so I wasn't playing P Ryan there. Uh, but McCaffrey, yeah, just given the landscape, unless you're trying to squeeze in Kelsey, like maybe that's the player you play anyways, and just hope for the receiving score.
1: I didn't hear a ton of optimism for San Fran uh, from Rich. And that's kind of where I'm at, too. And that's, that's where, again, I well, I, I also think
2: tell- that most of the Eagles guys have lowered ceilings, too. I mean, you, you have to temper, I think, expectations for both teams in this game mm-hmm. uh, based on their performances against, you know, when they've had to punch up. I mean, the Eagles have only played five games against teams that are top 10 and EPA allowed uh, per play. And in those games, their points per drive dropped to one point nine three. They scored a touchdown on twenty three percent of those possessions and they've scored on thirty three of those drives those are massive drops off of their of their games against uh, opponents outside of those parameters so i mean in general i think this game is a lot going to look a lot like the i think could look a lot like the dallas 49ers game a week ago uh just depends where the turnovers go though but yeah i, I think it's pr- you probably the wide receivers here on the eagles have the highest ceilings i think when you're looking at just some like a, a unit group of like guys that can like really have like a big game right because the 49ers have been giving up big games to wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But the rest of these guys, I think when they, if they hit for you, it's going to be they got you like, what you needed as opposed to like Debo going nuts or Kittle going nuts or Goddard going nuts or you know Miles Sanders going nuts. Like, I think most of the other guys are just getting you there if they do hit.
3: And that's why I am, you know, we don't know on a Wednesday, as you said, Dean. But I am going to be looking at ownership the entire time because I would guess right now, Bengals, Chiefs, especially the Bengals side, is much more attractive to a lot of people. And if that's the case, I I do want, yeah, and I, I do want to though be overweight on the Eagles offense just because I think we're going to get, as we mentioned, a lot of volume from Jalen Hurts, and that's a chance I'm just willing to take.
1: I just think it's always, it's worth noting, like, a four-game slate, you don't have to be perfect at every spot. Just like p oh, not wasn't, wasn't amazing last week. But it, it, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just got to be faster than, like, the slowest guy running away from the bear. That yeah. that that sort of concept. Like, you don't have to make perfect lineups. We're all dealing with the same puzzle pieces. And it's very possible, like, the winning score this week is, like, 111 points. <laughs> That's possible. Right. It could
3: just, that could just be the way it is. Especially if you think both games go under, which uh, I think there's a real good chance of that.
1: That's what I was hearing from Rich. Uh, it sounded like Rich was, like, without saying it, implying he's a fan of the under. John, you, you like the under as well? 46 and a half as far
3: as San Fran Philly? I prefer the, not that I think it's going to go over, but if I had to pick one, I would think the over has a better chance in this game than Bengals Chiefs, personally.
1: Uh, Rich, give me this. Give me the player you absolutely want to be overweight on or if you want to say a stack, by all means in San Fran Philly. Arthur Juan. Yeah. Um, give me say get, no, give me this. Give me the one that you're most willing to be under on. Like you just, you know, you know, obviously you understand all the factors of ownership and you know, salary. Who's the one
2: that like you can you can be okay being underweight on as far as San Fran Philadelphia? I would say on the Eagle side, Goddard and on the 49er side, I mean any of them
1: uh yeah I would Um, say
2: yeah probably I guess Debo by default just he's gonna be he Debo's gonna be the only one that's really popular him and CMC I'm sorry they're gonna be the two most popular guys because we've seen the IU splits kind of come to light like people aren't gonna chase him against the Eagles um Kittle's kind of just in limbo right like he's priced in between Kelsey and Goddard yeah
1: uh, and is there, like, do you have, like, an uber dart? Like, again, a 1 and 150. I would uber. say Quez.
2: Quez would be the dude.
1: Yeah, okay. That, that, that's what I want. Um, and same questions for you, John. Uh, the, the dude, the player, the stack that you absolutely want to have that you're going to be – do your best to make sure you're overweight on uh, in relevance to the field. Philly.
3: It It's definitely Jalen Hurts, and then I'll probably tinker with some Hurts wide receiver onslaughts. And the your most comfortable fade – it's Dallas Goddard. Uh, my my lineups do not represent Dallas Goddard well right now, at least on Wednesday.
1: All right, so I'm hearing Stack hurts uh, with Brown. That's what I'm hearing. And uh, give what is your like goofy, ambitious fade? We didn't really talk about like the Jennings or the the Ray Ray McClouds of the world. Again, if you're running 150, I suppose they're in your pool. You don't feel confident about them. Their floor is zero. Do you have? Uh, can you see Quez Watkins and raise them with somebody.
3: I don't think I could beat Kez Watkins, who I am open to, for all the reasons. <laughs> do Jennings. About. Juwan Jennings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you could do Jennings. Um, I, I think I'm more open to two tight end builds and, like, going Kittle over Debo since they're the same conversation, at least on DraftKings. Like, at least for Christian McCaffrey, we have the conversation about salary and you have to sacrifice a player. Like, you can't – well, you – you have to really try to squeeze it if you go like Jalen Hurts doubles with Christian McCaffrey, even with Goddard. But Debo is just so cheap on DraftKings, they don't move his salary. So even having a 25% target share in his starts with Brock Purdy, uh, it, it doesn't even matter. People are just going to naturally play him.
1: Mm-hmm. And lineup destruction-wise, uh, John, I feel like I'm hearing you say like you're much more likely or more likely to play two tight ends, four receivers, as opposed to three running backs. Is that, is that correct on a Wednesday afternoon?
3: Yeah, two tight ends or four wide right receivers is where I'm leaning at right now. Two tight end, maybe if only if you think it's an ugly slate, and and we'll get here. Like I just keep looking at Hayden Hurst's receptions, and I'm like, sure, like four catches, that's probably good in this <laughs> ugly ass slate. Uh, so yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna play around a little bit.
1: All right, Producer Street, Steve, throw up the Thrive props. We'll talk about the second game in just a second. We do want to uh, thank Thrive for sponsoring this podcast throughout the entire season. Do appreciate that. If you guys are not aware of Thrive, well, we'll talk about them in just a second. But we do have the props. We'll let you guys know. We'll give you a sweet The pile of this bonus as well. But uh, by the way, I don't think you guys know this. I know you watch the screen live, but I do in the email, I do uh, take pictures of the actual props as well. I, don't, I feel oh. like you guys never acknowledged that or even known. I didn't never yeah. like, mention it to you. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. So I, feel like, uh, I appreciate your effort there. D. Yes, <laughs> we do like you. Uh,
3: I think we're both a do it live. Kind of person,
2: <laughs> John. I will give you the honor. It's like unwrapping, first. you know. It's a, a you know unwrapping the the or reaching into the box of chocolates, man. You know, you know we're not, we don't know what we're really getting here. Fair enough. <laughs>
1: uh, John, go first. Fire away. As far as some overs and some unders, <laughs> be as bold, be as ambitious as you want to be for thrive.
3: Sure. Let's go back up to Jalen Hurts, and let's go over. Uh, Oh, we don't even get juice for the over. Hold on. We don't, let's not do over. That's not much. Uh, Let's go back down to Patrick Mahomes because I think I saw him tagged with 315 and a half total yards and we get juice on less. We're definitely doing that. Um, His legs haven't really been a factor in these games, anyways, but he also has yet to eclipse or his last three contests, anyways, against the Bengals didn't eclipse 275 passing yards in any of those games. So, yeah, we'll definitely take some juice here on Patrick Mahomes, that who could be hobbled. And then, gosh, Juju, that Mahomes injury killed me last week. Uh, I, oh, he he how wasn't much, getting there anyways. He matter. probably wasn't. That's probably <laughs> the excuse I make, honestly. At least the opening drive. The opening drive was hot, though. We got a couple we're gonna of We're going to talk about
2: there. those jamokes, man, these, these Kansas City wide <laughs> Oh, we're getting them
3: all back this week, too. We get to play them all. The world is your oyster. Uh, and then... Sh- they, they make them tough this week. They're not even giving you good – Oh, under 56 50 and a half for Miles Sanders. We get – is that 50-point juice on Miles Sanders? Yes, under.
1: That's receiving too, just so you know. It's rushing Emerson. That's okay. Receiving is basically zero. He's not going to catch any passes. It's When's fine. the last
3: game he had two catches? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Why don't they throw the ball to him? It's kind of weird, but uh, all right. Uh, hey, uh, you- to
3: answer that question, week 13 was the last time he had two receptions.
1: It's been a while. Yeah. Uh Rich, what do you have as far as uh, the props? What's popping out here? I see your boy uh Arthur Wan, 70 and a half, and it's a true like 50-50, 100 points over, 100 points under. Ooh, all right, 70 yeah, and yeah. a half yards.
2: Yeah, fire that one up. Uh, I like the under on the Brandon Ayuk line as well. Uh, you know, with Debo Samuel on the field and Brock Purdy, he's just been targeted on 15% of his routes. Uh, so and the Eagles are are awesome on the outside against outside wide receivers. So I like that one. Uh, I kind of like the McCaffrey under rushing yards. Cause you're not, it's no receiving yards are factored in like, see, he's yeah. only rushed for more than 45 yards in one game that Elijah Mitchell's played. Plus you have the calf injury out. Like what if there's an aggravation? Uh, uh, I feel like Debo it's you're losing, you're giving away 20, 20 points, but I mean the over, over three and a half catches feel like too clean there to just give those away. We need some of the free ones, right?
1: Yeah, it feels pretty good um as far as, as i'm curious what his projections are uh projected for but uh, i'm pulling it up right That's now all like about and the,
2: and in the game we talked about uh Bengals chiefs we haven't talked about but what do we get burrow if we can get three passing tuds he's you know get we're getting we're getting juice there Mixon, in 52 and a half rushing yards looks pretty solid a lot of these look pretty good in that game you can get a pick as well you can get two touchdowns and a pick for burrow you're there yeah it's true An interception gets you there too I definitely think he's thrown multiple tuds in this game um, yeah yeah so I don't mind that one as well but yeah all those right. all look good those all look good in that one that's yeah, a, and a, i I also agree with Daigle's Mahome's take
1: yeah I just pulled it up as a uh, passing our projection for what it's worth is right under 300 I saw 299 299 in the blitz for uh courtesy of cardi i say courtesy like i didn't ask for permission but you know <laughs> i pulled i pulled it up i assume he wouldn't be angry but i threw it out there you guys are not aware of thrive uh we've been talking about it all season long where have you been joining the fantasy prop action this nfl season thrive fantasy easy to play as you see you just kind of pick a what 10 of 10 of these 20 uh and you know you know you pick your 10 favorite props based upon points uh you collect the most points you win yourself a big chunk of the prize pool uh, the ones that are more likely to happen, you get less points for. Less likely to happen, you get more points for. You're rewarded for your ambition. If it hits, we have a nice bonus code for you all as well. Grinders, that's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. When you sign up for a deposit bonus, up to $250 as well as free tickets. Terms and conditions apply. Check out the Roto-Grinders review page for Thrive Fantasy in the description for more. Uh, I have it written here as far as the tickets, or at least I did, I think you get more tickets. I know you get more tickets. Here it is. Yeah, two free $20 contest tickets if you deposit between $100 and $4.99. You deposit $500 or more, six free individual $20 contest tickets to play for there on Thrive. Okay, one game down, one game to go. We'll talk about our movie afterwards. Uh, Joe Burrow versus Mahomes, 47.5 is the total Kansas City. This is the one, right? Uh, They are now what a one-point dog at home. Uh, they opened as, geez, didn't they open as like a two-point favorite, I want to say, or one-and-a-half-point favorite at home? Uh, of course, some hesitancy, some uh, murkiness, murkiness as far as the health of Mahomes. But, uh, yeah, he was at least seen today. He practiced, and he was seen today walking without a walk away from the podium. So that's at least some optimism, I suppose. There's still one-point dogs at home versus Cincinnati. I'll, I'll throw it to you, Rich. Like How much – Uh, And again, Wednesday, more information will be had going forward. But what we have right now, how concerned are you with Mahomes and his uh, his injury? And, uh, you know, how are you going to adjust if you are as far as making lineups?
2: um not a a whole time and we saw mahomes last week even in the second half of that game he led all quarterbacks in the divisional round uh in second half passer rating and epa per play uh pretty good on one leg patrick mahomes still uh so i mean you do take away a component where like you saw like on the first drive of that game you know he's his his plays out of structure are just so amazing but he could still play some traditional quarterback too He's pretty good. Uh, so I do think that more or less, like he's still gonna be able to throw the ball effectively in this game. Now in these matchups with the Bengals though, like they've done a really good job at already eliminating his ceiling. Uh, in these three matchups with these teams, he's been right at 20 points, 20.9, 20.9, 19.8 fantasy points. Um, when these teams played earlier in the season, uh, he completed just 59% of his passes. And the Bengals are number one in the NFL in completion rate allowed to quarterbacks. Dangle talked about some of the quarterbacks they faced. And they didn't face a really daunting Rogues gallery, but they did limit guys like Mahomes. And they did face him. Uh, There's another quarter, good quarterback they faced, too, uh, Josh Allen, last week. And way below his, his seasonal you know, output as well. Uh, it was just the. Mahomes had one game where he completed fewer rate of his passes than this game. And he had just one game where he few for lower passing yards than this game against the Bengals. Lou Anarumo, the dude is, he's got the touch, man. And you look at these games against the chiefs and it's just what he's done against everybody since he's been with the Bengals. Uh, in the second half of these games, the chiefs have just can't score points. Uh, and that's kind of what has been Lou Anarumo's like kind of calling card is that, the Bengals don't give up any production in the second half of games. And it happened again to the Bills last week. Uh, the Chiefs have led all of these games. Uh, I'm sorry, they led two of the three in the first half. They haven't trailed going into the fourth quarter of any of these three games, even though everyone keeps citing the three at you know, Burroughs 3-0. These games have been good games. They've been tight, and the Chiefs have largely led or been leading in uh, these games going into the fourth quarter. But, yeah, they've already limited the ceiling of so they've kind of had us number. When you look at the Chiefs in general – there's still something about the Chiefs that's kind of uninspiring versus other Chiefs teams, right? And we saw a little bit of that again last week. Like, these wide receivers aren't any good. <laughs> and it's kind of a problem.
0: And it really <laughs> is.
2: It really is more of a – like, they've gotten this far, so it's not like a huge problem. But, like, they don't have any good wide receivers. Like, their best wide receiver is a guy they manufacture touches for. <laughs> so, is you think Lou Anaruma is going to let Travis Kelsey get 17 targets in this game? Hell no. There is no way that some of these, these vagabond wide receivers are going to have to step up in this game. There's no way they're letting Travis Kelsey catch 14 passes.
3: And I'm and hearing I think, you say, Oh, go ahead. Well, and I think everyone naturally goes to Kadarius Tony because they, they, keep trying to play him they keep trying to jam him in but like even the chiefs like rich was saying don't want to play him they they are continuing to just use him as their fourth or wide fifth wide receiver off the bench since McCole hardman was injured McCole hardman who's practicing on wednesday may come back this week uh tony still hasn't run a route on over 33 percent of dropbacks in any game they just don't want to use him. Um, unless they just dump it off underneath, which is what basically Mahomes did injured last week in the second half to him. And now if we get McCole Hardman back, it looks like we may get Clyde Edwards-Alaire back. There's a chance Jody Fortson also returns and ruins our $2,500 Noah Gray this week. Like, um, you know, these guys don't inspire you, I understand, from like an on-field perspective, but for fantasy, like – we're kind of just now, if all these guys are only getting their own touchdowns anyway, especially Kadarius Tony, like what happens then with the guys who were previously getting there only on touchdowns comes back and vultures the usage best case scenario. Now everyone's in a part-time role. It's just a, it's a really weird situation to parse through for the chiefs.
1: Well, MVS had like one touchdown last week, but I think it was his only catch. You mentioned Tony. I think he had yep. what 12 routes is the word uh, I heard, yep. but he, when he's on the field, like, cover him because he's getting the ball.
2: Yeah. Well, you <laughs> <he laughs> can't cover him because he's getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. <laughs> and
3: and, and um, his usage, remember, like, he only got that usage because that was McCall Hardman's usage. So what happens now if Hardman's returns?
1: Did we see a change in Mahomes' uh, a dot? you know, after after the leg thing? I feel like watching the game, he was throwing a little bit shorter, but maybe
2: I'm just wrong, uh, you know, just kind of. Well, had to, had to... it's because he's throwing the ball 17 times his tight end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, it's the same thing. We did this, we've done this shit all year at Justin Herbert, right? Like but people keep talking about like Joe Lombardi is the, the only reason J- Justin Herbert has a low A dot, even though he's throwing the ball three hundred times to you know Austin Eckler, you know, Keenan Allen and Josh yeah. Palmer. Like you know, a dot is not a, a quarterback stat. It's 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 a receiver stat. So if you're gonna be throwing the ball seventeen times to your tight end, your a dot's not gonna look so so great, right? Like it that's kind of the where we are with that. But it's. I will say this. There's a very strong chance one of these Chiefs wide receivers is the guy you need. And I can't tell you by hook or crook who to play. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How do you choose one of these guys? They The Chiefs have targeted their wide receivers just 48% of the time. Only the Ravens have targeted their wide receivers at a lower rate. They haven't had a 100-guard wide receiver since week seven. The entire unit has seven receiving touchdowns over their past 11 games. Jeez. The last time... The last time these teams played, they combined for just six catches, the wide receivers. I don't know what to tell you. J- J- Juju Smith user is going to be out there the most, right? Like if you just want to take take the guy who's on the field the most, sure. Maybe that's the path of least resistance. Um, But he's gone over 38 yards in two of his past ten ga- nine games. has a touchdown in one of his past 10 games. MVS is getting targeted on 14% of his routes. Justin Watson, I don't even know what they're doing with Justin Watson. He plays a good amount.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Uh, he's only getting targeted on 11% of his routes. I, I, there's a good chance you luck box into one of these Chiefs guys being the skeleton key to the slate. I don't know who it is, I don't know what to tell you.
3: It would matter on a short slate too, but like MBS has basically just been Michael Gallup. Like he got there with a touchdown last week, but he's been under 30 yards in six consecutive games. His prop right now at books is 28 and a half. Like even Vegas just thinks, yeah, like, he's not going to do anything. Who cares?
1: And to be fair, Mahomes warned us. He told us the beginning of the year. He's like, it's going to be yes. different every single week. Uh, so there was yeah. that
3: one span where like
2: we had Ju like it was like Juju was like the guy. And then, like, when he mm-hmm. got his concussion, he just never regained, like, that role. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, and the same thing happened last week. Because of what the Chiefs are doing offensively, he's, he's not even playing in the slot anymore either. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you look at – since the week eight by, he's played 62% of his snaps out wide. And Juju, historically, when you look at his splits, and they're, again, true this year – He's just a different player inside versus outside, uh, in terms of yards per route run, target rate per route, all those things. He's just better as an interior receiver than an outside receiver. And that's hurt his production the back half of the year as well. You said you don't think Kelsey's gonna get 17 targets this week.
1: Obviously, that's not a hot take, but like through the defense. Like, there's just no way
2: that the Bengals
1: are gonna let it happen. <laughs> yeah, but like, is he gonna get enough? So if you go back to his playoff starts, what is it, like last seven or eight player starts? Every single one of them is, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, they're all fantasy relevant uh, with these last seven. Or, I saw, I think it was a uh, Levitan who tweeted it out. I want to say, but uh, just, he's just been incredibly uh, efficient and fabulous. And the floor has been amazing. Of course you got to pay for him, And, you know, we live world of a salary cap and it, it's a big hit on your salary. How, how much uh, are you willing to take that hit? Uh, John, as far as a, uh, as far as tight end with Kelsey, I know you talk about fading Goddard ideally. Yeah. You want to have Kelsey in your team, but everybody else wants Kelsey. Um, is it worth the hit to the rest of your team kind of is the question.
3: It's almost the same question as last week. And we talked about it. You, you had to, it made sense to pay up for him knowing he was checking in around roughly less than 10% just because of how tight last week was with a lot of stars on the board. Um, And it is tight this week, but at the same time, now in a shorter slate, we can just legitimately say if he, even if he has a normal week, like five for 70, I think we can get away with that and just instead chase a touchdown or a high reception floor guy. And so right now I'm looking at going underweight and not having much of him and instead going to McCaffrey's receptions, um, trying to pay up for some expensive receivers instead. But honestly, it's another situation. You already mentioned it. where We think Travis Kelsey in a two-game slate is once again going to be at less than 10%. He may just be a, a construction, like literally just a, a pay up for tournaments kind of play.
1: Yeah. If it's going to be 10%, like there's no way I'm not going to be over on that. Like, I mean, if, even if it's like 15 or 20, I think that's still probably and, too low.
3: And that's why I mentioned being underweight on Goddard because
4: that's DraftKings ex- will be
3: higher than that. Not.
2: Fanduel. Yeah. 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 It depends on where you're shopping. That, He's that's a eight five on FanDuel. That, that's rough.
3: That's, that's more than last week, man. That's so tough. That's a quarterback price. That's Jalen hurts price. Um uh, I mean, it's, just, and then, it's, it's the
2: same price as Jamar chase.
3: And we're going to get there. Um, but yeah, it just really comes down to, for DraftKings, yeah, like I mentioned, it's, I don't know, it's, I, I don't, even on DraftKings, though, it's tough. It's really tough.
2: I mean, he has to do, on FanDuel, he has to do what he did last week, right? Like, that's the, That's how thin the margin is. Like, he has mm-hmm. to have 25 plus points. Or, or beat
1: all the other tight ends by, like, 12 or something like that. He yeah. doesn't have to be 25 yeah. necessarily, right? Basically,
2: uh, no other tight end no, score get, I mean, not even necessarily beat all the tight ends, but, like, he has to basically match. He not only needs, like, to either have 25 points or he needs to match, like, one of those top receivers. Well, uh, I, what if I told you this is not real? But what if
1: I told you he put up 12 points and every other tight end puts up zero? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even though he puts up 12, it's not well, so much. He,
2: it's yeah, but if, what if I tell you A.J. Brown is 30? Well, then, yeah, then you need A.J. Brown first.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and don't even tell me the zero points. Just tell me Travis Kelsey has twelve. I just need to know and one I but chase his Kelsey
4: points. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, I set up a really unrealistic, unrealistic yeah. scenario, but I think one one of one hundred and fifty. I, mean, I made I made one hundred and fifty. Uh, uh, and this is on Wednesday and whatever. Uh, he's only in one lineup on Fanduel. That lineup, by the way, if you're curious what it looks like, I'll give it out on Wednesday. Don't play it. Uh, Mahomes, McKinnon, Sanders, Juju, Ayuk, Debo. Goddard, Kelsey, so double tight end. Um, it's not horrific, but okay. That's I made a
2: lineup with him too on DraftKings.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. DraftKings, it probably sounds better,
2: I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it it's, hard. it's hard on FanDuel uh, for sure. They make it real tough over there.
3: Steve can find a way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can. You could do it. Um, but he was the only money I made last week was the Saturday – because I played Kelsey, and somehow Luckbox and Gainwell was in that lineup. There you the dumbest, go. The dumbest, oh, sh- nice. that's, that's these short slates, man. It's the, 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 the dumbest shit sometimes.
3: And, and the, I, yeah, the, only, the only money I made was the four game, because I had Kelsey and CD Lamb. Like, I didn't yeah. even get the rest right, but that's all you needed.
1: Yeah, which, again, that might be the, the play. You don't have to get everything right this week, because no. a lot of pieces, there's there's only so many correct answers, probably.
3: Um. Yeah. And, and all these – and all these Jags are definitely going to get a lot of ownership. We're gonna we're gonna see people take pop shots on Clyde edwards alaire We're gonna see the Justin Watsons of the world check in. <laughs> like in a two game slate, everyone's going to play these guys. Is Ceh like the floor? Is he four K on DK? I haven't even looked. To be honest, like like how how much work is he actually going to get? I think he's uh, I think he's more than that because when I looked, like Kyle was the most usable player at four K. It's it's he's pretty 4-2. tough on DK if you're trying to fade out.
2: Yeah, running back. Well, the, yeah. the floor is the floor is four.
3: And and then remember, uh, post by like they basically eliminated Cladwards Lair anyways right. prior to his injury, and and maybe they try to get something going in his first game back. We also know they're just perpetually bored inside the ten yard line, so who knows what <laughs> they're going to come up with. Um, if he scored a touchdown, it wouldn't be too shocking, but that's really all you're going for here.
1: Richie gave a big speech on, you know,
2: not knowing which receiver to play. Which running back are we playing on Kansas City? Uh, I mean, I still think you've got to take a shot on McKinnon between the two just because of the the, the pass catching. But uh, we know – because we know what we have in Pacheco, right? Like, the dude's a kick returner playing running back. Uh, <laughs> even his 38-yard run last week, he ran directly in the back of his offensive lineman. It just bounced <laughs> off. Like, the dude is – like, he's crazy. Like, he just – he, he drinks seven jolt colas and you hand him the ball. Like he's just <laughs> a, like a wind up toy, right? He's one of those race cars that you know you pull back and like it only goes straight. Like that's what it is. That's like how he runs. It's like his running style. But we know what we have in him. Like if he doesn't score a touchdown, he, he's got to be hyper efficient on the ground or he's, you know, because he's not going to catch any passes. Like he's just not really getting the, the football a lot. Like he has more than 16 touches in one game this season. He's caught two or fewer passes in every game but one this year in the highest three. Uh, and the Bengals are awesome against the run. Uh, you know, he did score a touchdown when these teams played earlier in the year. He had the 14 carries for 66 yards. It's kind of like where he lives, right? Like how efficient can you be on those 12 to 14 carries? Can we get a touchdown out of you? We know what we have in you. Uh, McKinnon has shown like to have like the, the touchdown juice and we knew his deal with the devil was going to finally <laughs> come to an end. Um, but the surprising thing is he didn't even catch a pass. Not only that he, didn't, he failed to catch a touchdown pass, he failed to catch a pass. Mm-hmm. The first time he didn't catch a was pass, there a target? Game. Uh, he did have one target, right? He, okay. it, was
0: his first time,
2: it was his first time since week three he didn't catch a pass. But we still also saw McKinnon is the foxhole back for the Chiefs, right? Especially when Mahomes had that injured leg. Who was in every snap after that? You've, you've seen the pass pro, right? He stoned uh, someone. Uh, was it uh, the the one linebacker they signed from the, the Falcons? Like he stoned him on a blitz pickup. He he led the team in snaps uh, between him and P- uh, Pacheco. Only Christian McCaffrey matched him in snaps among running backs last week. Um, and he just got that red zone equity. So uh, if you're forcing me, I would still choose him. But I don't feel like the ceiling is high for either of these guys. But on a short slate, like who has a high ceiling outside of McCaffrey and Mixon, anyways? So I mean, sure. If we're thinking that Mahomes' injury is more
1: severe than it actually is, are we assuming there's a correlation that McKinnon's more likely to stay in the block and therefore –
2: like, basically, if you're afraid of – That was uh, true in the second half last week, and they were up.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, like, again, but – and if Mahomes is fine, I guess McKinnon will run more patterns. uh, But they've
2: also shown us – because, you know, the Chiefs pretty good real football team – like and any like, there's been like no point outside of the Rams game where they've just like lined up in the second half of games and said like, "All right, Pacheco, it's your time to dust these guys off." Right, like <laughs> that's never had it hasn't happened.
1: Yeah. Um Final take here on the Chiefs here, John. Do you want to give a thought as far as this running back situation? It's it's murky. Everything about KC is murky. One of twelve guys can score touchdowns. <laughs>
3: Again, I just really don't foresee much rushing production from anyone, Joe Mixon included. And if that's the case, I'm just trying to chase receptions yet again in this slate like we talked about last week. So saving the salary or, you know, going up to Christian McCaffrey or otherwise saving the salary, including on someone like McKinnon, I'm fine with that.
1: John, give me uh, your uh, your Bengals take. Feel free to start wherever you want to start as far as Cincy.
3: Well, we – Well, let's start with the offensive line. We talked about that last week, and yes, we didn't think it would factor much, which is what led us to Joe Mixon, P. Ryan. That was only Joe Mixon's only second 100-yard game all year long. Um, I would guess we don't expect him to have that kind of rushing production again, as we've talked about throughout the show. But overall, Burrow the last month now, getting rid of the ball 2.3 seconds from snap to throw when he held onto the ball longer last week. Even then, he was great. He went 6 of 12 for two touchdowns and no interceptions on throws 10 yards downfield. You can spin the narrative, though, to say the Bills did not have Von Miller, no Micah High, just completely banged up in the secondary. So what if Chris Jones and others, like a more viable front seven, are able to get more pressure on Joe Burrow? At the same time, though, he's get, he's yet again getting rid of the ball so quickly that you can say, okay, well, unlike the Bills, the Chiefs still allow more production to running backs in the passing game. Uh, Chiefs are allowing second in receptions per game to running backs and ninth in receiving yards per game. We also know in the playoffs so far, P. Ryan has outsnapped Mixon 20 to 5 on third and fourth down. He's run more routes than Mixon in back to back games as well in the wild card and divisional rounds. So I honestly think it's just another situation where if you don't think Mixon's going to get the rushing production, you can just go back and pay for P. Ryan's receptions again.
1: Jump in here, Rich. I feel like if I was hearing you earlier, like you seem pretty confident Burrow's gonna throw multiple touchdowns. So and you're getting a bit of a discount off of Hertz, off of Mahomes. Um is Burrow your favorite quarterback this week? Unless I was uh listening long wrong, or you think Mahomes gonna, uh, gonna throw for yeah, four? He'll
2: be the he'll be the field too. He's gonna be the highest rostered quarterback on the slate for sure. I, I feel pretty confident in that uh B- dago brought up you know bring, being able to pressure burrow they pressured burrow on just 22 percent of his dropbacks the first matchup the only quarterback they pressured the chiefs pressured at a lower rate this season was tom brady and that was 17 percent uh and it's been a problem for the chiefs all year whether they get home or not no team is impacted by whether they pressure the quarterback more or not, against the pass. When they have pressured the opposing quarterback, the Chiefs have a lot of 42% completion rate. That's sixth lowest in the league. They have a lot of league low, 3.6 yards for pass attempt. When they haven't gotten pressure on the quarterback, they have a lot of league high, 74.7% completion rate, 7.8 yards for pass attempt. That's 24th in the NFL. And a 5.5% touchdown rate. That's 30th in the NFL. These teams have played three times since last January. Everyone knows that. When the Chiefs have not pressured Joe Burrow, in those games. And remember, they've only sacked him six times in these games, one each in the last two. He's completed 75% of his passes, 9.1 yards per pass attempt, seven passing touchdowns, one interception. The game this year, when the Chiefs didn't pressure him, he was 22 of 27, 9.2 yards per pass attempt, two touchdowns when they didn't pressure him. Tyler Boyd also dropped a third touchdown in that game, uh, which was horrendous. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and another thing, too, that Burroughs in this game, he ran a season-high 11 times this matchup. And this has been common against the Chiefs since their Week Eight bye. Only the Lions have allowed more rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks than the Chiefs. Uh, they've allowed five and a half rushing points per game to opposing quarterbacks of this span. Every quarterback has rushed for fifteen or more yards against them, and all but two have rushed for twenty or more yards against them, including Burrow's eleven for forty-six and a touchdown. So I think just Mahomes' injury is in is, the salary is going to get Burrow to be the highest roster cortex. This game mm-hmm. is going to have the most popularity anyways because the total uh but yeah he's i think he's object and he's absolutely smashed these three matchups like you hit compared to mahomes like he's got two 30 point games and a 21 point game in these three matchups he's he's been the ceiling play between these two quarterbacks team totals wise,
1: the closest team total on the slate San fran 22 the highest one is cincinnati at 24.25 so it's pretty condensed in the total mm-hmm. uh 47 and a half since he kc 46 and a half fran philly question for you here rich follow up because KC, I assume they're aware of all those stats. The DC for KC is he a stubborn dude or is he willing to adjust? What do you think he's going to he do? Max does a
2: lot of a lot of different things, but he he he's another one of these guys. That he can't help himself. He likes to pressure the quarterback. He likes to try to dial pressure, but you know you don't blitz Joe Burrow, man, because you ain't going to get there. Why blitz and It's a, it's the same thing. Like Daniel talk why blitz a guy that's getting rid of the ball in two seconds? Yeah. What's the point, yeah. right? Like we live that thing with like end of the career, Roethlisberger, although he wasn't any good, right? Like teams are just like, why the hell are we going to blitz this dude? Like, what's the point? It's the same thing with Brady, right? Like nobody blitzes because you're not going to get home. But well, so, isn't that chicken in the egg? If if you only send three, like theoretically, wouldn't he keep, hold the ball for another half a second? Probably not, you know, because it hasn't been okay. mo. Because the, here's the other the kicker: what the Bengals see was what the top, it's what it's, it's it's what pushed us their offense to run this way in the first place, right? Even when their offensive line is healthy is they just see so much too high safety looks, right? And it's pushed them to run the, their offensive structure this way. Look at even Jamar Chase's depth of target is yards per catch is yards per reception versus rookie year. Like everything is condensed, right? Like they're getting rid of the football and they're relying on the short passing game. And
3: they were doing this long before the offensive line got banged up. You this, mentioned- this- oh, go ahead. This for Jamar Chase goes back to the second half of last year, whenever teams started shutting him out downfield. Like then, Brian Callahan was wise enough to start bringing Chase closer to the line of scrimmage because it's Jamar Chase. You still have to get him the ball. And that's what they've been doing since they brought him back from injury. Uh, chase leads the Bengals and targets in every game since week 14 and his volume in that span he's averaging 12 targets and a 31 and half percent target share like they're just jamming it to him no matter where he is on the field so it's just a situation where whatever i think of joe burrow and the ceiling of this game it's like i have to play jamar chase because i think he can lead the entire weekend in receptions with ease jamar chase or aj brown john oh god uh it's still jamar chase because again i I think the slate's ugly and so i'm just gonna take i i really think it's a floor slate and so i'm just taking the floors here but i'm still gonna probably play both in every lineup
1: yeah rich you said your favorite play in that first game was brown brown versus chase
3: yeah i mean it's hard to go against
2: a guy as talented as chase getting as many targets as chase right like it's I mean, he has, Daniel said, 31.5% of the team targets since he came back in Week 13. He has 40.6% of team air yards. The next closest Bengals at 22.9%. He's been targeted on 28% of his routes. The next closest is at 20.6%. I mean, they are just feeding him. And then the spot, the Chiefs are 31st in the NFL in points allowed to opposing wide receiver one targets. No team has allowed more receiving touchdowns to opposing wide receiver ones than the Chiefs this year at 16. And they've also allowed a 5.7% touchdown rate to all wide receivers, which is 31st in the league. He came back. His first game back was against the Chiefs uh, from injured reserve, and he, he had 97 seven catches and 97 yards. Like It's just objectively a great spot. They're funneling him with targets. Uh, he's really nuked the other guys, although I do kind of want to still play Tyler Boyd. So Boyd is
1: your favorite of the next group as far as Higgins, Boyd, Hurst, Irwin, Archsteiger, yeah, Trevor sure. Irwin. Yeah, uh, we've talked
2: eight. about the Chiefs. We've talked about the Chiefs versus slot receivers all year. It happened again last week. Christian Kirk was the second highest scoring wide receiver on the slate last week. Uh, Boyd had four catches for sixty yards when these teams played in Week thirteen, and he absolutely put down the the easiest touchdown of his career in that game. Uh, you can find it if you didn't see it, but they ran like a nice little, uh, a, a slot, a slot fade, uh, you know, where chase is running the slant from the outside and he's running the wheel. Uh, just, yeah, absolutely bricked it. So I do like him the most. Uh, I'm prepared to lose more money on Tyler Boyd receiving uh, <laughs> yardage overs. Like I did last week when he had 23 yards on his first draw, first catch of the game and his yard total was still 31 and a half and we lost, we lost money still. Uh, we're going back. We're prepared to lose more money. Martin, baby. Double down.
1: Um, John, your take as far as uh, the rest of the receiving core? Obviously, chasing kind of a tier of his own. Salary is a thing as well. Higgins, Boyd, Irwin. Irwin, I think, is in the 150 pool, I think, if you want to, you might want to get a pinch of that to make some He's got a chance. Uh, he's on the field, right? Uh, and then, of course, Hurst, you know, nothing sexy there. Probably the fourth of these four tight ends, but it's a pretty good tight end slate, considering it's only two games. Uh, pretty tight end yeah,
3: strong. And Erwin popped up for that 13-yard catch last week. But other than that, like Rich said, Jamar Chase has just gotten so much that he's pretty much nuked everyone. Like, I don't think Hayden Hurst has a ceiling. We talked about this last week, how... The Bills hadn't allowed a receiving touchdown to tight ends all year. And so I didn't play Hayden Hurst, but we've now seen at least his floor is high. He has at least five targets in three consecutive games since he returned from injury in week 18, at least four catches in those three games as well. So at least we know like he's, he's part of this dump off scheme. They're doing quick hitting scheme. They keep on play calling. So we think at least like, if, if no one else scores a touchdown, like if George Kittle doesn't score a touchdown, uh, Dallas Goddard gets drowned out by the receivers by any chance, of course, Hayden Hurst can outscore them, and that's the real conversation since he's so cheap.
2: Oh, he's going to be – right, but a 3K on DraftKings, he's going to yeah. be – people are just going to go straight to him. after. Mm-hmm. If, they, if you're not playing Kelsey, they're just going to go straight to the 3K. Yeah, or Goddard, for one um, I mean, yeah. So we, need,
3: we need Jody Fortson to be out so we can play Noah Gray.
1: <laughs> all right same questions as the first game john i'll start with you the the player the stack uh that you're going to be you're, you you want to be well over the field on you feel most confident about the one player you absolutely want to have or the one stack you absolutely want to have in your lineups in cincinnati kansas city is who well,
3: the obvious answer is jamar chase but I do think given the structure of the slate, I keep on hinting at it over and over again. I like Samaj P. Ryan quite a bit. Tyler Boyd's also in my pool of wide receivers. Uh, for what Rich mentioned, plus the Chiefs being so susceptible to slot receivers in particular, yes, uh, I'm willing to take a chance on Boyd too.
1: The fade that you're most like willing to make, all things considered?
3: I think it's Travis Kelsey, honestly. Oof, uh, I know, it's not pretty. It's not pretty, but gosh, like, how how replicable is a 45.9 percent target share <laughs> um I, I don't know but i'm willing to find out
1: yeah and your, your darts you get to go first you get to choose from like uh, the irwins and any Kansas City receiver is kind of a dart basically uh is this the week sky war finally gets there uh give me your random dart that you think uh is worth throwing into uh, or being overweight on you know everyone.
3: I'll go ahead and say Noah Gray. I'll just make it easy. Well, I don't know if Noah Gray ever makes it easy, but at least we know that, you know, the Chiefs without McCall Hardman, and again, we may get McCall Hardman, so it may not even matter. But even last week, for instance, um, they went 12 personnel on 28% of their snaps as they've been doing the last month since McCall Hardman and Jody Fortson were injured. Uh, We've seen Noah Gray's route participation increase in every game over the last month, including last week against the Jags. He reached a high in that span, 50% route participation and you know it only takes one catch here uh so yeah i'm willing to to pay down since we're not talking about Noah Gray outscoring travis kelsey we're talking about what can we get with that 5k on this slate and i think that's pretty valuable on this slate
1: all right let's run back to same questions for rich Uh, your favorite play favorite stack do you absolutely love you want to make sure you're over the field on in cincinnati kansas city
2: i listen we're gonna lose this tyler boyd money (laughs) <laughs> prepared to prepared to lose it uh chief side i would say mckinnon i guess is my favorite non-kelsey play <laughs> uh it's reluctant though i mean it's just i mean i don't know what to tell you man there are some really smart people in the world there are some great fortune tellers i i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know is it okay just to say i don't know some, sometimes i don't know who i don't know who's gonna score the damn touchdown to the chiefs guys i don't i don't know
1: I mean, as a so, like an expert, and I'm not even doing the air quotes if you're just listening, but like, yeah, you're supposed to know these, but like, yeah, I mean, you're, you're you can give a best guess, but they're really you just getting- yeah, I mean, get even
2: even plucking board. away all the objective data that I could pluck away, I still don't know.
1: Yeah, I still don't. And know if anything. anybody says they do, they're they're lying, right? Anybody says this is this is 100 the guy, they're really really, really confident.
2: I mean, someone um, might have some. Someone might be privy to some information that 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 I haven't uncovered that that pushes them towards the, uh, more conviction than I have. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that either. Too, I'm not saying no one else has the answers either. I just don't know. Biff Tannen might be able to tell you. That's about it. I don't know anybody else that that knows. But uh... I don't know, but, but...
1: <laughs> most most comfortable. I don't. I don't. Know if that's the right, best way to phrase that. Most comfortable fade player. You're willing to fade. All things considered, here again, you don't necessarily want to but you might be forced into a predicament. Who is it here, Rich?
2: Yeah, I think it has to be Kelsey just based on the position he plays, the salary he carries. And then obviously, you know, it being able to run back exactly the outcome he had last week. Like that's as pure as you can get in that environment. Uh, so yeah, here we go again, man. We'll, we'll hold our nose and, and pray, pray to the deities that Lou Anaru was not going to let him get 17 targets. Bust out the uh, the magic eight ball or whatever works for
1: you. Uh, give me your favorite dart in this game.
2: Oh, uh, God! I think,
3: t- I think Tyler Boy was a pretty good dart. I mean, yeah. yeah does he, he count?
2: Yeah, if he counts, then I'll I'll take I'll take him still.
3: And who wins?
1: Uh, who's who we see in the Super Bowl when we're at, when we're in Nashville. Boy, shout out Dan Bach for making it happen for bringing it back, and you guys were an integral part. You guys pushed for it, so thanks to y'all as well. We
3: we complained. Uh, if that's the same as pushing sure we openly I was listening, complained
2: like a lot of people i was looking at it like i think the Bengals have a better all-around team than the chiefs and if you're factoring mahomes's injury but like now that it feels like everyone's on the Bengals, like i feel like collectively all of us like not being on mahomes feels wrong uh so i'm not comfortable <laughs> at all i'm not really comfortable at all i like the eagles to outright win in the nfc though like i do have conviction that i think the eagles win
1: I think I'm going to try to wager some real American dollars on Philadelphia minus two and a half. I I think you know it's midnight for Purdy, and I know Shanahan, and he puts his quarterbacks in great positions. It's a really, really tough spot to play, and we're we're laying less than three. We're basically saying they're the same team, essentially, and I I like the Philly side. Um, Yeah, I I think that they win this game by more than three. Uh, But yeah, how how about your thoughts here, John? Who, Who are we seeing in the Super Bowl?
3: Yeah, I I think it's the Eagles and the Bengals. Uh, For DFS purposes, the Bengals are definitely getting steamed. But for betting-wise, I don't know if I'm seeing that. I'm still seeing a lot of sharp people on the Chiefs, which makes me question my Bengals pick. But either way, I I like the Eagles a lot. Um, I've had them since the beginning of the week. And then, yeah, I think chiefs Bengals, although a toss-up, I'm still leaning Cincinnati. Since yeah. only- I know for
2: a fact some there was a group that bet the Chiefs yesterday to push it back that knew that Mahomes was going to practice today.
1: Yeah. Uh, Are you in that discord by chance? (laughs) You have
2: two degrees of separation. Uh, Yeah. Listen, uh, yeah. I I do have some access to to that kind of stuff. Uh, These, (laughs) those groups, the groups that are throwing around money that we can dream about betting syndicates that we're never going to lead that never will never be there. uh, (laughs) You know, as I bet my Tyler Boyd over receiving ladders. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At at $200. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I uh, I think we're getting the Kelsey brothers uh, a Super Bowl. That's what we're getting. Kansas City wins this game. Philadelphia wins this game. For I
2: podcast can... purposes, I hope so.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're I haven't listened to their podcast, but I've heard like snippets oh, of awesome. it on Twitter. It seems like a lot of fun. They seem like the yeah. they seem yeah. They always they always have a good personality. They seem like a enjoyable guys. So I heard them talking about the the Zeke play like before the show today. It's kind of why Zeke was in my brain, I suppose. They they were kind of clowning on it, but also just so, like you know we respect Zeke. We're just having a good time. Mm-hmm. um that seems like a, what's the name of that podcast you know by chance
2: uh new heights because they are from cleveland heights
1: oh there you go that's
2: that's why you like them those are my boys man <laughs> listen i'm older than those guys uh you know our high school played cleveland heights but uh that was i'm older than those fellows isn't there a, a movie with like shia labouf uh with something heights
1: that's cleveland centric or ohio centric
2: yes it is uh oh i know what it's called too shit I, I don't Shaker, Heights. It's, uh, Shaker Heights. it's a Shaker Heights
1: movie. like that Matt Damon, like movie making contest that was on yep, HBO. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Many, many years ago. It's a good segue, by the way, into our little movie. Oh, oh, we should tell the people, hey, we gave you over an hour on two games. Uh, we are
3: consistent. If anything, it could be two <laughs> games or 13 games. We're going to be here for hour and 20 every time.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I wanted to give the people, you know, because again, these are the thoughts you're going to have to talk about, you know, when you're making these laps, you have to consider Tyler Boyd and, you know, all, you know, the Quez Watkins players of the world just kind yeah. of make stuff happen. And you got to be a little bit different, especially if you're playing that money maker, you know, uh, you can't just hit that optimize button. That's not going to work for sure. But um, I'll do wanna just, i do want to just, since we have a moment, uh, thank everybody for listening. Yeah. Appreciate the listeners. Uh, thanks oh, to you yeah. guys. Rebar. Daigle, fabulous as always. Uh, I'm always happy to be the third smartest guy in the room. Appreciate you guys uh, just you know, doing the show and extending it this year too, being so flexible. Producer Steve, shout out to Producer Steve as well. Uh, Probably would forget this stuff in the show, so I wanted to make sure uh, I get that out of the way. And also, uh, yeah, thanks to Thrive. Thank you to Thrive for sponsoring the show as well. Kind of hit that like button if you guys are watching us on the old YouTube. Subscribe, turn on those notifications, do all those things. Hopefully we will be back next season as well. Uh, is there anything else as far as analysis here, uh, Rich or John? Or we're going to just segue seamlessly into our little movie conversation and tell the people goodbye that don't want to hear that. And, uh,
2: you know, I think that's where we're at right now, right? Listen, if if you want, need any more, I, I wrote up all these games. You can go check them out at the website.
1: Well, tell the people what the website
2: <laughs> No, at the website. I mean, if they don't know now, I mean, I would say it's, it's, <laughs> it's at Uh Yeah, check that out. Yes. Uh, Rich Rebar, Sharp, football yeah.
1: analysis. Did you, are you working a terrible,
2: t- terrible promotion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And I should have like, I should have just threw it in there as well. My bad. Uh, they go, did you put stuff out there for uh, 4 for 4 for BetSports this week?
3: No, I am done with uh the podcast. You can go to the most accurate podcast is what it's called, where I talk about the games there, but written content, I am officially done until the postseason, the day after the Super Bowl. We'll be back. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy, your, enjoy your break. Um, enjoy my two yeah. week break. That's not a break. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about Let's bring in producer Steve. You know, if you guys aren't aware. And again, if you don't want to hear this nonsense, by all means, this is just we have a little bit of conversation about our movie bet. Producer Steve won the movie bet last week by uh, a point. Uh, and he had us watch. I, we all watched The Menu, which is free on HBO Go, if you guys are not aware, if you, or HBO Max. It's no like RIP HBO Go. That's no longer a thing. Uh, I think it lasted about a year or so. Whatever, same sort of deal. But, uh, Steve, are you with us? Are you joining us? Are you coming in? Uh, Do you want to talk about your fabulous lineup? And, uh, yeah, uh, the menu. You said I think you said you were angry about it after watching it, which I'm curious to hear your angry takes.
4: I was so frustrated with it. That's not how I thought it was going to end, and it's not like how I thought the movie was going to be going at all. It seemed like it was a – more funny than like scary. I thought it was supposed to be a little scary.
1: It's, it's kind of a, a, a horror. I mean, I think more than anything, it's a satire. I would say, is that, is that fair to say? Would you guys agree on like a sort of a comedy satire or
3: anybody? Feel free to chime in. I didn't watch it. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> oh, I thought, you, I, I thought you watched it. Um, I did it. That satire, not comedy, right? There's some comedic moments. It has there were some, some comedic
4: moments and I felt like it just threw me off so much from what I was expecting.
3: I, I guess that makes sense if you were thinking, yes, more of a comedy and then we get towards the ending and it starts getting a lot more serious. Um, I really liked it. I, I know, as you've mentioned in the past, Dean, it's a very uh, hit or miss film for a lot of people. Like they, They're not on the fence. They either hate it or love it. I just think it's so unique. Like, I can't recall a movie I've seen like that that kind of comes out of nowhere like that, that presents a film, a theme like that as well. So that's why I enjoyed it so much. It's like, oh, this is an original idea. I enjoy this. Rich, are you okay hearing spoilers? I don't want to spoil it for Rich. And like, no, yeah, okay. that limitations are up. And this is a good <laughs> a movie to go in cold
1: on, I think. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's my to, fault. I didn't watch it. Were you aware of the assignment, or just no? Misguided? I actually,
2: I, I did not know we were supposed to do. I mean, I thought he was picking a movie for this week. Oh, yeah, but there's no show next week for us to discuss it. Oh, that's true. Good point. My bad. <laughs> maybe,
3: maybe we should have said that part. I guess he's giving chat. me like
2: I guess he's giving me a, a series to watch, and so I've, I'll have longer, <laughs> a longer what, window. What sucks so the most about here. that is that
3: you had a busy week too. Like you, you started Narcos, you uh, went back and played <laughs> Last of Us, so like you could have squeezed it in too.
2: Yeah, I I probably could have. I I even watched The Last of Us, the show, twice, this week's episode, twice. So I got that in. You could have fit it in. That's a damn shame.
1: I I rewatched the menu because I wanted to have it fresh in my mind, and uh, and so I have not watched Last of Us just yet, but I'm going to. I'm super excited. I saw the first episode. I loved it. Uh, I did not watch Under Siege like John did earlier this week. (laughs) (laughs) John's still living.
3: Under Siege 1 or 2? I haven't seen number 2. I've only seen the first one. All right. What way is it good? How could
1: you love under siege and never say you know there's another one? Like it's not I didn't good. Know there one. was know I means. didn't know
3: there was a second like bad action movie. I just wanted the first bad action movie. Yeah, yeah. It's on a it's on a, uh, a ship, I believe. Uh, the second one, yeah, course. ship. You have to, if you're under siege, you have to be on a ship, right? It's it's
1: not good as ship sequels go. Like Speed Two was terrible, and Under Siege, 2 was terrible. Oh yeah, as a general rule, let's no. not have ships as a being integral part the real moral of the story it. is
3: that I need to try watching everything everywhere all at once again. That's, that's the takeaway.
1: Yeah. Do you want to try to sell it? Uh, Rich, I know you saw that we were talking about this in DMS. Now we're getting off the rails, but, um, <laughs> the, it's a huge Oscar movie. The critics loved it. Even the audience was a pretty big score on Rotten Tomatoes as well. And I'm kind of a contrarian where I didn't hate it. And I respected how ambitious it was. And it took some really big chances. It was kind of matrix like, but it was also super original in some spots as well. Um, but I didn't love it Again, I didn't hate it, but it sounded like you loved it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I did. I think the fact that two, they like, obviously one of the core themes of that movie uh, is, you know, legacy and, and parenthood and how you, how you project your life into your child. So the fact that two guys without ch- children didn't resonate with it uh, definitely is not shocking either, but I'm also one of those people that takes no offense to if someone doesn't like a, a piece <laughs> of media that I enjoyed either. Uh, so if you didn't like it, you didn't like it, man. Like I'm, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't make
3: me like it less because that's you guys not, didn't like it. Yeah. That's not my opinion. Uh, yeah. I need to go back and rewatch it. And I'm definitely also- not
2: one of those people like on Twitter too. That's like that. Like if you're like, I didn't like this, like I'm going to be in your replies and be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, <laughs> not everyone likes everything, man. It, who knows this, this stuff is subjective, but there's some movies where it's like, come on, how do you not like this?
1: There's a couple, but you don't have to love it, but you have to at least be like, yeah, it was at least fine. If somebody like hates Shawshank Redemption, which is just a universally beloved movie. So you start to question them a little bit, or is that just me? Maybe I'm just that's a that's a me issue,
2: probably. Probably.
1: <laughs> I when people used to have like DVD racks at their you know in their apartment like 20 years ago, I would judge. You, you just so judge hard. based
2: on what they got,
4: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Or their CD collection, like I don't know how to judge people anymore, like because nobody displays their CD collection or their DVDs anymore. And I don't go to anybody's house anymore either. So it's a whole thing.
4: What? <laughs> but we also.
3: Well, go ahead, yeah. Rich. No, I got nothing. Uh, well, we also now that we've experimented with this for a half of a year, we do know the chat suggested to bring it back next year, assuming we get that lovely email in August from Dan saying, "Are you back in?" Uh, Where well, we make it a public contest next year. So that's what I'm looking forward
4: to.
1: Yeah, and I feel like the audience is going to be like, they want to, they might want to punish us, and we have to make. Well, Daniel is
2: already punishing, that's punishing us.
4: That's yes.
1: <laughs> They're not going to make us rewatch Street Fighter. <laughs> no. <laughs> but back to the menu. Like you know, I was talking about this far, as how divisive it was. It reminded me of Uncut Gems, where I think f- people very few people were like, "Yeah, that was fine." People either loved that movie or they like they hated that movie, and it, like you know, it got them all afraid. The you know whatever it just freaked them out, and that's kind of like you were uncomfortable watching it. The uh, mm-hmm. menu was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. The satire was fabulous. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to ruin it for Rich. But uh, the pretentiousness actors like the. the um, uh the food critics and like foodies and how it like kind of spoke about Instagram people and like taking a picture of everything. Uh, it's, it, and it, it takes a turn that movie, but at the same time, I felt like, uh, Steve, I feel like you really, like, there's really no other way to end that movie. I feel like the ending was kind of like you're kind of boxed in without saying, without oh, giving anything too much away. You know what I mean? Like what could they have done if not what they did? You know what I mean? And it all kind of led up to that. I say this all like in code, I
4: think. Yeah. yeah I, I, I know what you're I know what you're saying i trying to spoil it.
3: I, I just yeah, think okay. like, like everything everywhere, like Parasite, uh, just go into the menu with no idea. I think that's the best way to watch it. Just don't even look up what it's about.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love Parasite. That was such a – that's, for me, one of the best movies in the last five, ten years or so. It's a good one. Fabulous. Fabulous movie. It's worth reading. It's worth having to read. Or I guess if you're lucky enough, if you understand Korean. I have not understand Korean. It'd be cool if I did, but I don't. Um. Django, what was your official stance as far as the menu? I apologize. Were you on board? Yay, nay, yep. somewhere in the middle? He was thumbs up. I really
3: No, I really liked it. Yeah, I thought it was original. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again.
1: Yeah, I never. I'll, watch, I'll watch
3: it again before we uh, come back on next September. How about that?
1: Yeah, it's it was one of those movies I was thinking about afterwards, and like the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. So you know, movies like they kind of stay with you. And, you know, some of you just sort of forget, like. You watch Under Siege, you never thinking about it ever again in your life. Mm. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's your mistake. You know one scene though, with the cake though, you remember that scene? He, he rips uh.
3: that dude's, he rips that dude's Adam's apple off. Like that's your mistake. Dean <laughs> <He> just <laughs> got <right>. bonked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rich, what's on your? You, you have something on your list, I'm sure, going into the offseason. Well, what's in the queue that you're looking forward to watching besides the menu?
2: Uh, The menu? I don't know. Uh, There's actually, you know, it's interesting because uh, there's no like real hot video games coming out at this point. Uh, I think Spider-Man comes out in June. So we'll have to wait all the way to get Spider-Man 2. Uh, I already played God of War. So, I mean, we've got a nice little, uh, you know, reprieve here. Me and my wife prior to the season, she had never seen The Wire and we watched the first three seasons of that. So we still have the two last two to get to and season four is the best anyways. So looking forward to that.
1: There you go. Yeah, uh, I got to do a rewatch of the Wire. It's been like 15, 20 years or so. I don't still know. holds,
3: still holds. Season two was not good live the first time you watched it, but the rewatch, it is such a crucial season.
2: Yeah, season five is by far the worst season, uh, and I say worst in air quotes. Like the worst season of the Wire is better than obviously uh, yeah. a lot of, of of good TV shows. But yeah, season five is my least favorite because of the McNulty storyline alone uh, is just takes me out of that that whole world. On your list uh steve anything in the queue i think we're,
1: we're firing up for uh you know and now the football season's over your time's opened up a little bit oh you yeah. know what i am
2: gonna do not to hijack steve's thing i've got this here i've got this uh four thousand foot uh four thousand piece lego spider-man daily bugle to build that's uh, so we're gonna oh, jump wow. on that at some point
4: that's awesome <laughs>
2: is that you do that is that for
1: you or is that with your child or is that both of you What's that? Is that your that, that you you it's your thing? It's your
2: project. Yeah, I mean, you see, he's lately got a Horizon uh, Lego built here. I got some other uh, adult Lego because the people that make Legos now are, are all just my age now. Right? Yeah, like, they grew up with me, so like it's the same people that like make cartoons and stuff. Like we joked about Spider Verse and stuff. It's like all the people making content are my age now. They all got jobs and they're doing this stuff. So I'm <laughs> in the demographic for this stuff. It's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: that's uh, cool. Steve, I don't know if you had an answer or not, or John, if you have an answer, you know, anything that's on the list. And you, Narcos, I guess, is what it is. I've never watched Narcos. I hear it's good. It's, there's so much good stuff out there.
3: Go, go watch it, and then pivot to Narcos Mexico. It's such a huge undertaking. Rich, Rich is it's watching five it. five seasons,
4: right? I gave so, up, I think, on the, on the part of Narcos after the Pablo part. What is happens there? Is, is that Narcos Mexico?
3: <laughs> yes. Af- Pablo afterwards is uh, Narcos Mexico. But that's that's still great.
4: Yeah, I, I might go rewatch that then. I didn't like it at first, but I'll give it another try. I have Last nothing on Us. my list. That's I'm in I the middle of rewatching How I Met Your Mother.
2: That a lot of that show does not hold. It's, it's all right.
4: Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. It's still
2: good. But you ain't like listen. Barney's character isn't is oh. allowed to be. He ain't allowed to be put on TV. Uh, yeah. Not
4: <laughs> not now. No. <laughs>
1: I, I'm aware of the show, but I, I never. I've only watched it like when somebody else was watching it, that kind of thing. But it's like
2: some real life, like Pepe Le Pew stuff, Dean. Like you can't, like, you can't bring yeah. Pepe Le Pew back.
1: That, that, that's kind of the vibe I got. The, the little bit the small sample size of, of How I Met Your Mother. I know there's a a, a father version now on uh, Netflix with Hillary Duff,
2: I believe. Mm-hmm. I saw this yeah, pop up here in the things. That's 90s show is back. I'm not watching any of that either. Yeah, I joking. don't think I watched that either, but like, shout out to like the parents. They look
1: exactly the same. Were they like cryogenically frozen or something like that? They have not changed. They look, ex- unless they made like enhance their age years ago and they're just they were ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched the trailer and I'm like, they look exactly the same, basically. Like it's 20 years later, give or take. Good for them. But, uh, all right, we're getting out of here. We do appreciate y'all listening. John, unless you got anything else to say for the people.
3: That's about it. Uh. It seems bittersweet that this is coming to an end for 2022, but we made it through another year. Uh, this is, it was officially at the beginning of this year, but this is now like the longest running crew of pick six, I believe, right, Rich? Considering all the handouts, Yeah, I of the think Vaughan.
2: so. What was this? Is this our third or fourth year for you and me?
3: For me and you, it's four. For and Dean, one, and I believe it's Dean, three. three.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think I did three with Silva and Crane.
3: So, yeah. That I means Dan's got to bring us back. All we got to do is complain until it happens.
2: There you go, uh, Rich. You're watching the menu. You're gonna tell the people about the menu on Twitter, I assume. The people want to know. I will. I won't because I'll never share opinions like that on Twitter. Because what <laughs> what good does it, what good does a tweet like that do you? Mm-hmm. That, it sucks. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no there's no upside in a tweet like that on Twitter. <laughs> so uh, I will I will refrain. But I do promise I will watch it. I will watch it this week. I, I you know I'm gonna see Daigle in person this weekend. I'll watch it before that, and I will tell him and relay to him what I thought about it.
1: All righty. That is Rich Rebar. Check his content out at Sharp Football Analysis. John Dago, 4 for 4, BetSperts. Producer Steve, again, thanks, everybody, for supporting, listening to the show. Uh, could not do it without y'all. And, again, thank you to Thrive. Uh, on behalf of Rich and John and Steve and uh, Jolt Cola and Street Fighter and The Menu, uh, we do appreciate y'all listening this season to the NFL Pick 6 show here at Rotor Grinders. Win something this week. Uh, you know, save some money for the Super Bowl. It's going to be a good time for sure. That's it. We're out of here. Thank you.